Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked on Guardians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly a scout, formerly 24-7, where I was the lead draft and prospect analyst for both of those sites. Uh, Wednesday show, should have uh, hinted you in on that as we went all draft, talking about some of the big stories for last week. We'll try to figure out how to do more some, some more draft content. I'm also going to talk with Lindsay about doing some crossovers. Uh, we also have some big things planned in terms of the Locked On Network and how we're going to handle baseball during this lockout. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk about the Fangraphs Top 100. We are now have enough Top 100 lists out there to really see a changing of perspective and a, just a changing in general of how the prospects are ranked. I mean, remember when I was like, okay, so I'm going to be lower on Ty Freeman. I'm going to have him down my list. I'm, you know, and the more times I revisited him, the more I kept kind of dropping him. And he was this guy who midseason was the top prospect in the Indian system, according to MLB.com. So, you know, there's your spoiler. Uh, Before we get too much farther, this gold open has gone long. Uh, But yeah, talking about prospect lists, doing some mailbags, all of that in a moment. On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we're back. So, yeah, uh, let's talk prospects. Now, I didn't go in depth. You know, I talked about Keith Laws, but. Keith, I'm going to respect the paywall. I was someone who uh, had a paywall when I was at Scout. And yeah, you make a lot of your money until the very end of my time at 24-7. Honestly, it's like the subscription was the, uh, that's where the majority of your money came. And that was where you got most of your funding. Towards the end, I figured out how to properly do some listing with some help um, from people over there 24-7. And then honestly, I was making more from ads than I was from the uh, subscription revenue. But yeah, it's important and I value that and I'm not going to take that away from Keith. I think it's, I mean, okay, I pay for one service right now. It's The Athletic. I think it's worth your time and money. I'm just going to put that out there. That is my one pay service. But I am willing to talk about the fan groups listing a little more in depth, primarily because, you know, they, it's a public, it's a free list. This is not one where, you know, I'm giving away someone else's content. Let's put it that way when we're discussing this list. And your Cleveland Guardians had seven guys in here. And it's surprising because players six and seven are George Valera and Ty Freeman. And that goes against a lot of what uh, you're probably used to hearing. And part of the reason I'll say that, I mean, they they explain it well. And it's some of the stuff that I've heard as well. There's things in there that, you know, for instance, people love George Valera. I love George Valera. He's probably going to be my number one prospect when I really sit down, hammer it all out. Um I believe in him. I like the production. I like everything else that's in place with him. But I can understand if you are lower on him because there have been concerns about the K rate, the swing. You know, the I've talked about on the show. Go back to when I was lower on Valera when he first got in the system where I was like, we can't keep saying this guy's going to have a plus hit tool based on the statistical performance. Now you're not seeing that anymore, by the way. But if you've listened to this podcast, you can go in and you can hear that. You can go back to probably this time a year ago, maybe this time two years ago. I mean, we're approaching 700 episodes. I've been here for a while. You can hear all of my takes, spicy to mild, 
But my spicy take on George Valera was everyone saying this guy's got a sweet swing, sweet swing. And that's this is where, again, uh, baseball, maybe it's just baseball media. I don't know about baseball itself. I'm not behind the closed doors. But baseball media is very poor when it comes to evaluating hit tools. And I think baseball in and of itself is very poor when it comes to evaluating hit tools. And that's why we see, again, in the recent players the Indians have drafted who quote unquote had the best hit tools in their entire co- in their entire draft college grouping were Naquin and Zimmer. And Zimmer, you can go back to that data. Zimmer I had as like I want to say the eighth or ninth highest player ranked player on my board. He would never be there today. I know enough now, years later, to look at that and be like, okay, he is a small school guy striking out at his percentage rate. Uh, this is not good. This is a, a big concern. He probably still would have been a first rounder, don't get me wrong, but instead of eighth, he would have probably been like 28th or around there, like around where he was actually drafted. But Valera, that was the same thing. And why, you know, why does someone like Valera get that plus hit tool? Why does someone get the label of a plus hit tool? Pretty swing, right? I mean, you hear those words connected many times. Pretty swing. Now you go and you look at the Fangraphs report. They list his hit tool in the future as a 40-grade tool, below average. Uh, you know, I don't disagree with that. I don't think he is going to be a plus hitter. But you go back to two years ago, you go back to the 2020 season, uh, and, I mean, I'm discussing the top prospect list. You can hear me probably have this same debate where I sit there and say, he's a really interesting prospect. The power is there. The walk rate is there. But he's not a plus hit tool guy. That's just not the case. And anyone who's saying that, you know, doesn't understand how baseball statistics work. So it is, you know, this is toot my own horn. Uh, You know, if I was good with uh, graphics as we're doing this, I want to remind people to go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Help me out. Uh, Let's get all the revenue streams we can. Yeah, it's a bit mercenary, but think about it. If I can get enough revenue from this, then this would be my only thing. I could just concentrate. If you're a fan of the show, I'm not asking you to pay for anything i'm just saying download daily subscribe uh to the youtube uh, help me out 700 episodes in i'm not asking for much but to get back to it you know uh, this is the toot my own horn segment as it were uh because i mean this is exactly what i said now you go you look at his profile all these years later and the Fangraphs 2022 reporting on him is exactly what i told you two years ago which is not what the consensus was. Now, I'm not as low on this, and I think it's. I think he's still going to be fine. I, I think the 45 field might be, if you're viewing him as a center fielder, he's probably a lefter, left fielder. Lefter? <laughs> he's a lefter fielder? No, he's a left fielder, more than likely. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's... I think he's a guy with... You know, the, the comp, I said, a year ago, for his bat was a more dynamic Carlos Santana. Now, there's going to be people who don't like that, but I'll stand by it. Like, that still feels pretty good. Now, again, we also know we're waiting on the Zips prospect. We have the the one from a year ago. Uh, the Zips prospect, the most successful prospect rankings in terms of success and prediction have been from Zips. Those are the different ones. And again, I'll point out last year, Zips had Nolan Jones at six. So I, I still think he's one of those guys that people are way, way, way sleeping on right now. But yeah, so we let's get back into it. At sixth, they had uh, you know, George Valera essentially in the Indian system. I think to me he's I think he's got, you know, sixty five grade power and I think he'll walk enough. 
Um, you'd like to see how he continues to progress through the system. I, I think he's probably the number one prospect in the system. I think that is a bit low in my personal view on Valera. But if you if that one bothers you, how about at 109? Uh, by the way, I don't love the 108 one. I'm much higher in Dylan Dingler at uh, 108. But 109, Ty Freeman. You know, they talk about the David Fletcher comp, which is, I mean, that's probably a good comp. That is, that is the comp that makes sense and you go and you look at David Fletcher's stats and I believe we talked about this in the middle of the season he had a down year this past year why was her numbers down because when you are a contact hitter who doesn't have power below average power Freeman's going to be like a I mean his you're, you're hoping for double digit home runs and like 30 doubles like that is his power he has below average exit velocity there isn't power there so if he if he rakes the problem with someone who rakes as a hitter and doesn't have power and doesn't really walk is there's always a degree of luck. You could be the best hitter in the world, and if it is a year where things just don't fall right, you're going to have a down year. And like I said, David Fletcher, you can just look at his few years and the up and down, and it's part of the reason as well, like Oscar Mercado has struggled. Now, Mercado doesn't have the anywhere near the hit tool or the hit ability or the contact ability of Ty Freeman, but you know David Fletcher this past year, had a 70 for his runs created plus. He had a 262 average, 297 on base, 324 slugging. Uh, in 2020, he hit 319 with a 376 on base, 425 slugging. Now that was the year that he also had a 348 bat pip. That was a high year for bat pip. This was the low year, 287. The other two years, 307, 317, but an 86 and a 96. Like David Fletcher's been a solid hitter, but he struggled to be a league average hitter. And this year... Uh, you know, he was well below the average, but he's only had one season. He would have had two where he generated war over two. And that's that's kind of where Freeman is. It's hard to see a path for him to be what people expect. You know, the other player I compared him to was um, was oh, my, Jeremy Mejia. No, <laughs> JC Mejia was the, the pitcher. Francisco Mejia, the catcher. And it's a similar profile. And it's that has been why I've been lower on Freeman. So this is kind of the, hey, people are finally agreeing with me. Now, having said this, uh, we should I should probably check the time here. Oh, we're, we're pretty good in terms of where we're recording and talking. But, you know, actually, let's take first commercial break. We've talked about the bottom two. Let's talk about the top five in a moment. Hey, let's talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. I'm going to pull up the site and see if they're doing anything special and new. And the reason you should go to BuiltBar.com and always check out the site is because there's always something popping up. How about right now? Shop today only. Well, by the time you're hearing it, you're not going to be able to. But 25% off a warehouse sale. Sorry, that probably got super loud in there. That means everything's on sale. Built Bar Crave. That's a fantastic bar. I love that. Eggnog. I've been intrigued by. Fruity cereals already sold out. They sold out a mint marshmallow, raspberry cheesecake. Everything's selling out. I'm going to go place an order. And you should go place orders at BuiltBar.com and make sure to check out the site like I did today on Alark because there's always sales going on. And when you get something like this 25% off sale, guess what? You can still use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of that. So you get 25% off and then you get 15 off the 25%. And if you're someone like me who is buying Built Bars every three months, you're building up your Built Bucks, then you're probably saving like another five bucks off. You're getting such a good deal on a bar that gets an A from my health food app when I sit down and enter it in. And also is the best tasting bar. I've been eating this thing for two, three years. I get tired of everything. I don't get tired of Built Bar. Go to Built Bar for yourself. Check it out. BuiltBar.com. Remember that promo code is LOCKED15. Okay, so we talked about the bottom two. One, I mean, I 
I agree with the overall scouting reports, but I, I still think Valera's got a little more power upside. Like I think, I think Valera could be a 35 home run guy. Like there is just so much strength in that bat. He's not the biggest guy, uh, and there is a lot of swing and miss. But I, I think he's got more power potential. Um, but you know, I, I do get it. I have concerns with him as a um, when it comes to that hit tool. But what's interesting is Nolan Jones, by the way, is fifth. He's higher. They have him listed as a left fielder. It's interesting. He's. I understand. You know, I don't understand why he's listed as a left fielder. Like he, unless you're like, well, it's the least amount of ground to cover. He's got a really good arm. Like there, that doesn't fit. And you know, they point out really well that they point out really well. You know, they just point out that he hit. 251, 361, 468 after uh, his bad May. Like, May was a disaster for him. He got back to being where he was. I mean, he's a big dude. And I don't have a lot of players that I felt small around. Like, I'm six feet tall. Jones is one of the few of them. And, you know, another great stat here in the Fangrass piece is that 44% of his career plate appearances, crate appearances, apparently, I'm going to say, ended in a walker strikeout. He does get on base a lot. He... So why is he here? Why is he higher than Valera, you might ask? I think they view him as worse hit tool, but better potential power. I, I think they're very similar in score, don't get me wrong, but I think they view them as almost similar types, even though he's a worse defender. Like, I don't... Nolan Jones was doing it in AAA as opposed to Valera doing it and getting up to AA, but I, I don't get... I don't quite understand that placement. And again, I say this as someone who sits back and says, people are jumping off Nolan Jones way too quickly. Way, way, way too quickly. There are two, so many, I mean, he is the guy that everyone wants to throw in as a secondary piece of trade. And it's like, the Indians aren't going to sell low on someone who's hurt. And A, who's hurt, and B, who's coming off a down year. That's just not what they do. That is not this organization at all. So who are the next players up? Who are the other players that we have to talk about on this list for the Cleveland Guardians. So after we get past Nolan Jones at nine, uh, he was 101, 103 for Valera, 109 for Ty Freeman, uh, Gabriel Arias at 92. Similar in many ways to Jones and Valera. Power, contact concerns. Uh, you know, you an elite defender. The what was that? they had a really good comp in here for him. Uh, where when you look at what he could be, oh Orlando Arcia. And that's, I remember when he was on the top 10 prospects in all of baseball, when he came up with the Brewers and he started to put it together this year for the Braves and, you know, it, he was a solid contributor for them, but by putting it all together for the, I thought he had a good year at the Braves. I mean, I don't have the split available uh, for it, but like, he just never, you know, consistently he was a below average hitter. You know, his highest runs created plus was a 95 strong defender and you know if that's what you think he's going to be then yeah that's that's an issue because all of a sudden um you know Gabriel Arias is not someone you can trust at that shortstop position I I told you I was told by someone that there's some concerns with his swing and that his approach and his hit tool I guess it's you know how much do you believe in that how much do you believe in just what he did as his age relative to level skipping double a uh, there's a lot of things to like there. But when you're looking at the three of them, Jones and Valera and Gabriel Arias, uh, Arias plays the elite position, and he's the highest uh, played at the highest level. Jones, not an elite position, but 
uh, has played at a higher level, and Valera might have better tools than Jones, but played at just a level short and has not had as many looks at the upper parts. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So they're another one that's super high on Steve Kwan. Steve Kwan at 57, I mean, I feel like I maybe was under... Maybe we all were. Like, a lot of people were debating if he'd be added to the 40-man, myself included. Uh, he really did a lot to make it so you had to add him. You know, he is one of those guys who came out, and this past year... I mean, that's the thing. It's funny if you go back to 2019. Played in 123 games. We talked about him on the podcast at points. It's like, he's doing well. He started out really hot, kind of came back to earth, had no power at all. You know, had a 382 slugging. And, you know, what? what's the big change here? Well, when you look at what he did in AA uh, this past year, his bat pip was, you know, unsustainably high. So he's not really a 337 hitter. That, that's one of the things that you look at the difference between his batting average in 2019 and his batting average in 2021. Uh, it's a 49-point difference in bat pip, and his batting average had a 57-point swish, swish, swing. So that kind of shows you what's going on there. But, you know, the 382 slugging, to he slugged at both levels, you know, over 500. That That's a significant change. He's making a ton more contact. Yeah, that's my elderly cat who just decided to uh, disrupt the podcast. Uh, 14-year-old's diabetic, no teeth. Uh, you know, he's just got to be the center of everything. <laughs> Apparently not a Steve Kwan fan. But for Kwan, it's that power jump, uh, which is the, the difference here. I mean, he's always... He was, uh, I don't know, do I want to say he was Ernie Clement before Ernie Clement? I feel like he was drafted the year before him. He was just the the up-the-middle type. You're projecting as a backup who doesn't strike out much, who has good contact rates. And then, you know, honestly, they didn't expect this. Nobody did. There's no way, because if they had expected it, he would have been, you know, more a part of things. He would have been someone who was... Um, you know, in all the instructs, in all the camps, everything like that. It was a surprising breakout for him this year. And he's got a legit chance to make this team. I I truly believe that, uh, that he will have a chance to make the Cleveland Guardians as an outfielder. You know, he should be, you know, a solid defender, likely in left field long term. And you're kind of counting and betting on that and that he'll make good contact and he'll fall into a few home runs. And I was kind of thinking, I mean, I don't know if this is a bad comp or not. I'm going to pull up the stats right now. Like what popped in my head was Wayne Kirby. And maybe this is just because I'm 40 and I'm a child of those 90s teams. No, Wayne Kirby actually wasn't that good in retrospect. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, he, he was an okay defender, but Wayne Kirby was not good. Like, you know, you have those players in your mind because they're from your childhood where you're like, oh, no, he was a solid, like, third outfield type. No, <laughs> not at all. Um but with Quan, you're kind of looking at, like I said, an above-average offensive profile. And if he's playing like left field, an above-average defensive profile, three to four win player, that might happen. That that could happen. The the prospects, uh, the Fangraphs one, the Brett Gardner comp was interesting. I'm like, there's some logic to that. Uh, he's a he's a good player. He is a. I understand he should probably be. I should have had him higher rated. Uh, that's on me. Because, again, I mean, statistical performance is there. And, you know, sometimes I get, eh, when I look at a guy who's, you know, 24 for or 23, you know, was, was one of the, he was older at double tri- A than some of the other top prospects. At triple A, he was about the average age. The breakout, 
coming late. And, you know, honestly, I think there's some value in a guy being 5'9". Now, that may not be what you expect to hear, but when you have Quan's profile where it's like, well, he, he's not, his swing isn't designed for power. Uh, he knows his strike zone. It's harder to hit because he's smaller. I think that plays up and helps him, but that makes two to three places now all very high on Quan. You'll see when MLB posts theirs, he'll jump just because he's jumping everywhere. Uh, Espino at 54, just three spots higher. And everything I've said is what's been said here. It's like, if it all works out, it's great. But there's a large contingent of us who feel like injuries seem very likely. You know, the, th- the th- third pitch is inconsistent. Um, that he's, you know, he can miss a lot of bats. There's, there is Daniel Espino. There is a case where he wins multiple Cy Young. And there is a case where he just turns into Danny Salazar. Like there, there are, you know, you can line things out for me in a number of directions. Um, and I could believe it. He is, he's a lotto ticket. He, it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do. And as he progresses up the line, cause he's one of those few prospects too, we have not seen in the upper minors. And that is such a huge separator just in terms of, um, selectiveness of both hitters and, uh, control when it comes to the pitchers and top prospect for the second, uh, second, uh, list in a row is Brian Rocchio and you get it right he's been he's always been well thought of and there are gonna be people out there yes I've been lower on him than the field that's fair I was very low on him when he was a top prospect um, because the performance was kind of average-ish and we didn't get those opportunities and I believe like last year he wasn't at the instructs uh, because he couldn't get out of Venezuela because of COVID issues so we've had kind of those limited opportunities in general, but I mean, he broke out this year. He totally became the player everyone thought he was going to be uh, because he had the opportunity, and that happens. And in my defense, you know, part of the reason I was lower on him is I don't really trust guys until we get that look. And you know, it's you look at the the prospects. It was like him and Aaron Bracho, and this past year showed like I mean, Bracho completely fell off. Uh, I don't. He's going to have to prove that he's a. a real strong prospect or even like a top 40 prospect going forward for me uh but on the other side of things you had you know rokio who stepped up and i'm just gonna be nervous until i can get track record that's just what it always comes down to with me i am such a stat head that i need track record i need video i need things i can follow and check and for every you know player who works out like a brian rokio there's i always go back to kevin metian just because he was the guy you know he probably you know, heard this so many times in this podcast, but I included him on our top 100 prospect list at Scout just because everyone else did. And I felt like, okay, this is a universal view. I hated putting a 16 year old that I had like almost no video on, but everyone's like, okay, this is, he's a generational prospect. He's never going to play in the big leagues more than likely. That's just the truth of it at this point in time. So I'm always the person, you know, I'm okay with being the last one. If it means that uh, my percentage is still better, like that I'm still not making a list of a bunch of guys in high A and then watching as they don't work out. So I'm still going to be the one going, leaning more towards what we've seen than what we're projecting to see. I'm going to take a break, come back, and take some questions from you, the fans of Locked On Guardians. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where to find the next fired, where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot 
for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to your Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto saves you time and money. Uh, American-owned company, saving do-it-yourselfers for 20-plus years. They have reliably low prices for every customer. They have everything you need. You know, here in my ad read, it talks about brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I always say air filters and windshield wipers. You get such an upcharge on those. Those are places to save you money. And the fun thing about Rock Auto is you can save even more if you're checking uh, their rebates and discount sections. They're trying to help you save even more. Go and explore their easy-to-use website. I know nothing about cars. I am not a car person. I can navigate fine to find a solution to your auto parts needs. And remember, when you go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How'd You Hear About Us box, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So let's take some questions. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, I've got some dating back to the beginning of February. I, and again, hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, it helps me out. I start building up the mailbag so we can do a bunch of these at once. Uh, we'll see. Probably won't get through all of them uh, just in terms of knowing myself and knowing how I tend to go long on questions. But let's start with Daniel Phillips at GiveMeFood underscore 84. Question for future mailbags. Bradley Zimmer with having a new hitting coach How and how bad Cleveland's outfield is. Wouldn't it be worth seeing if the coaching change might bring extra consistency to him at the plate? You know, I saw this and I immediately go went, yeah, no, of course. It makes sense for everything I've talked about on this show, right? That he has sat there and he has all those physical tools. You know, I Joe Doyle, who you might know from uh, what he's written through the years about the Mariners and over at the Prospects site, you know, he has, he wants to be the Mariners to trade for him. He has, Bradley Zimmer has fans all over. It's because the tools are there. And everyone always gets suckered by tools. And you're saying, wait, wait, you're saying, well, yeah. But if, if you know, I would sit down. If you are the management, you don't, there's only so much you can do right now. But you could talk to Chris Valeka. You can sit there and have him watch videos and see what he thinks. But yeah, there's a lot to be said. Now, this is what stinks about, you know, one of the many things that stinks about the lockout. Because Bradley Zimmer is exactly the toolsy type of guy you would want this new hitting coach who's, you know, an advanced thought and does a lot of cool things to dive into. And just rip apart and try to fix. Unfortunately, that's not happening. But that's a great question. And I agree. You know, if he doesn't get traded, that's why. They think there's something there. And again, physical tools. His physical tools are as good as anyone on the Indians. At TribeFan145, Bill Stoffer. Assuming no trades, who are your five starters for the Guardians on opening day? Same question for AAA Columbus. Five starters opening day. Um, you know, Bieber, Quantrell, Savale, Plesak, McKenzie. So if we're doing that, I think you have um, Eli Morgan down in AAA, Cody Morris down in AAA. Let me pause and look at my list. This is top of my head. Well, I guess it'd be unfair to look, but if you got Morris, um, Tobias Myers would be who they traded for, would be one of the three guys I would really look at and consider for the Indians down in AAA. Uh I keep saying the Indians. I should say the Guardians down in AAA. I'm, it's going to take a while to break me of that. Let's just let's be honest. I wish I could say I'm just going to do it better tomorrow. I'm not. Uh, old 40-year-old habits are hard to break. But, yeah, so we assume Eli Morgan. We assume they'll have 
uh, doesn't everyone love someone scanning down to look at a list? Uh, Myers, Morris, Pilkington, and Morgan are an easy four. And then I mean, Peyton Badenfield, someone they got to add. So either him or eh, let's go Adam Scott, actually. If they keep Adam Scott, let's assume he'll be the starter down in AAA. Love, okay, so from Matt Michael, 20 to 9. Love all the analysis of the MLB draft from the Guardian's point of view. Can you talk about the international free agent signings will be held uh, will be held this year? And also, is the possibility of an international draft still being considered? I expected more in the CBA talks. You know, I never know. <clears throat> excuse me. I never really know about the international stuff because, again, my whole approach is like, what can I actually get like reports and stats and numbers on? And when you're talking about 15, 16 year old kids, it's only reports. So I'm never too deep. That's that's always a failing of mine. You can only follow so much. That's not mine. I think a draft will happen. I honestly think it'll come out of the CBA. I think we will see a draft. It's one of those things that's been discussed. I think it's only a matter of time before it occurs. Uh, and let's take one from our old friend and former co-host at Tangible underscore Uno, Pat. Uh, he thoughts on the ascension of Steve Kwan and the adjustments he's made to approach to his approach to having more power. Kind of talked about this on the show a bit. Um, you know, he's it is all about the power with him and what he has done, and that is really the step forward for him. And it's, you know, it's really interesting that he's made that because, again, he's not someone who was a priority prospect. I don't, I'm not even sure if he was, I don't believe he was in that camp in 2020 of players who were there. Uh, I would love to kind of read more. And I think, honestly, it's like uh, whatever he did is one of those things that uh, the Indians should really look at and figure out like, oh, he's, he's tapped into something. Maybe this is an approach we should do with more of our hitters. You know, I think... The step forward is unexpected. Uh, his ascension throughout the year. I mean, he was, we didn't even talk about him as much on the podcast, right? There were so many other players popping at various points in time. And it's a very quiet profile that you just give him all the kudos in the world. And I mean, if you want to get into it to a degree, if we want to get hyperbolic, uh, the last time we kind of, if you want to look at a major league player who made kind of similar things to him, was uh sorry kid got home uh some of the similar things in terms of changing adjustment looking at your what you're doing in terms of your swing and stuff like that i mean with cedric mullins i'm not saying he's cedric mullins i'm not saying he's going to be one of the best hitters in all of baseball but i'm also not saying that he can't continue to improve i'm also not saying that what he is now you know the brett gardner comp is the end-all be-all Let's see what this guy does. Let's see what he does when he's a priority player and gets opportunities. Uh, he's, you know, he has not had a lot of time in the minors. It was uh, 2018. He had 17 games. 2019 was 123. Not in 2020, and then 123 this past year. He's missed out on some developmental time, and I'll be curious to see. I mean, heck, Zips projects him to have a 111 runs created plus next year in the big leagues projects him to have a 111 uh just to give you an idea for the cleveland guardians last year do you know how many players on the guardians had a better than a 111 runs created plus well i'll I'll sit here and tell you you had of course jose ramirez who had a 137 you had framo reyes at a 125 jordan luplo had a 113 for his time here uh and that's it that's the entire list everyone else is below that so yeah, that's that's impressive. So we'll have to keep checking in. I want to thank you again for listening to Locked On Indians. 
today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. Uh, I should say Locked on Guardians, today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And as we end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.